now to sing a lovely ballad. Here is Spoke Luther. Star shining bright above you Night breezes seem to whisper I love you Roosters crowing in the sycamore tree Dream a little SRP Say nighty night and kiss me just hold me tight and tell me you'll miss me While I'm alone as blue as can be Dream a little SRP Stars fading but I linger on dear Still craving your kiss I'm longing to Till dawn, dear, just saying this. Sweet dreams till sunbeams find you. Sweet dreams that leave all worries behind you. But in your dreams, whatever they be, dream a little SRP. Stars fading, but I linger on, dear Still craving your kiss I'm longing to linger till dawn, dear Just saying this Sweet dreams till sunbeams find Leave all worries far behind you But in your dreams, whatever they be Dream a little SRP Wow. 
I don't get sleep, no. Windmill, windmill for the land, turn forever hand in hand. Take it all in on your stride, it is ticking, falling down. Love forever, love has freely turned forever, you and me. Windmill, windmill for the land is everybody in. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! We're turning the Richfield Coliseum into a giant mud pit. Two microphones, four listeners, no survivors. Scott Luther, Matt Coma, with special guest appearance by Wade Luther. It's the South Richfield Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the South Richfield Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Scott Luther, and with me in beautiful White House, Ohio, Matthew Cullen. Matt, what's going on? Hey Scott, how are you doing? And hello to everybody out there in uh, our audience. So glad you could join us again. What's going on? How's that thing that you're doing? What? What thing? Well, I'm talking to the audience right now. Well, you're working on that. You're working on your your exercising while you're listening to the podcast. Watch out on your drive to work. Look out for that guy. You take it easy. Drive defensively. How's that that thing you've been worrying about though? Don't just. It'll pass. It'll pass. Just take care. Take it easy, and everything will be all right. Are you talking to anybody in particular? In general, no, not in particular, in general, because I know a lot of people in these uncertain times are turning to podcasts to, uh, to escape <laughs> the reality, to, to escape the doldrums of their lives. And I think one of the many things that we do for our audience is provide them that outlet, that insight, and that, uh, that entertainment that they're, that they're missing from their day-to-day lives. Of course. Of course, because I mean, well, some people don't go to work anymore. They work from home full time, right. like like I'm doing now. And uh, I was actually just talking to someone today. One of our podcast listeners, actually, Kristen Schmidt, shout out. Her husband, Eric's also a big fan. Gave us a, a great review. Oh, uh, thanks. Thanks, Schmidt fan. Apple podcast. Wow. And uh, so I was talking to her. I'm like, what's the word or you gonna you gonna go back to work? She she and I share an office wall right next to each other, and she said, "Yeah, she's planning on it once once there's a vaccine." So uh, I'm like, "Okay, I guess I will too." Then <laughs> I think at this point, you know, you could probably work from home full time, but I like interacting with people. You are a social animal, Scott. Only people I like, though, and a gossip. This must be hard for your gossiping. Oh, sorry. I know. Sorry, I, mean, I know. You can tell Scott anything. He won't tell anyone. It's hard to gossip over I am. <laughs> you don't know who's looking at the screen. Right. It's usually someone's cat. 
<laughs> or a bird. <laughs> Lots of birds out there. I, I've noticed uh, in in our company, at least. Some cats, some dogs. You hear all these animals on your, your meetings now. Mm-hmm. few cows. That's mostly on my end, though. Right. And on your end, you also hear this. Help me. Let me out. <laughs> he does stuff to me. Closet <laughs> back there. <laughs> Maybe I should move where I have my computer set up. <laughs> I have been working more than normal. I typically, going into the office, there's there's no staying at home. Um, it's just... Um, Really, since March, it's been seven in the morning to five at night every day. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I don't quite get on at seven. I'll get on around eight or something. But then I'm on until six. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, this is work now. Yeah. Where I'm sitting right now is where I work for eight, eight or nine hours a day. So you're just always there. So be nice to go back once it's safe to go back yeah we're having to clean out our building do deep cleans of it every now and then we have lots of guys that drive different vehicles they have to clean those out or they're supposed to at least i mean it's uh in passing paperwork we have plexiglass we had to our office is closed to the public but we still have staff that's there and everybody's behind these plexiglass dividers because they still have to be able to talk to each other Right, Just right. A new way of doing business. It sure is. Every every place around here has plexiglass now, like the the Giant Eagle. A lot of the like drive throughs like McDonald's, have extra plexiglass and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're talking through these little holes sometimes. It kind of reminds me, Matt, of the ticket window at the Richfield Coliseum. <gasps> I've been there a few times. Yeah. Now, now for you folks who might be a little younger, say Richville Coliseum, what's that? Or maybe you don't live around here. The Richville Coliseum was the entertainment mecca of Northeast Ohio for 20 years. It was located right here in Richville. The Cleveland Cavaliers played here. Pretty much all the, the concerts came through Richfield, everybody from Madonna, Michael Jackson, Prince, Billy Joel, they all played here at the Coliseum. And Matt, you do you know who the very first act in 1974 at the Coliseum was? I think I do. Go for it. It was Frank Sinatra. Old Blue Eyes. Can you believe that? That is amazing. And we, to, October 26, 1974. Was it a sold-out crowd? Oh, it had to be. Yeah. It was the very first event. He he was here five times. Can you believe that? Wow, I, I did not see one of them. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Well, I don't think I did. I Maybe my parents took me, and I just don't remember. I'd go now, but I... Not, uh, yeah, five times. That's amazing. And to, to me and, and to you, that Coliseum was there all our young lives. So it might as well have been there forever. 
But when you think about it, oh, it was there only 20 years. So essentially, if you put it in context, it was at the turn of the century, just, you know, in 2000 to now, and it's gone. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it closed in 1994. Yeah. So. Do you know who the last no, act was? Uh, was it Roger Daltrey? Close. Well, yes, yes. Close. Yeah. Close or yes? Yeah, yeah. It's cl- you're close. I, I think it was Roger Daltrey with The Who. It wasn't the, With The Who? Well, it was some sort of uh, bastardization of The Who, obviously. <laughs> so I don't know if Pete Townsend was playing with them or if John, John Endwistle was playing with them. Obviously, Keith Moon had died a while ago, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either, but... Um, I don't think that was sold out. <laughs> well, since it was the last concert ever oh, at the Coliseum... That's a good point. It could have been, because uh, that was, I think, in October of 94. No, September 1st, 1994. The Cavs started playing downtown Cleveland at Gund Arena that season. That was it. The very last concert. I mean... You have to think about the families who were in that area farming before the Coliseum was built. So you had the the Bigelow family, the Roller family. Those guys sold to Nick Maletti when he was building the Coliseum. And the Emmett family did not sell. And you see those famous pictures of, uh, you know, the sheep grazing with the Coliseum in the background. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember, like, watching the Cavs playoff games against the Celtics, and it would open with a shot of the Coliseum <laughs> and these sheep. <laughs> <laughs> that was an Emmett family sheep? Yes. Awesome. Yep. But uh, 327 acres. And now you would never know anything was there. Right. It's why. It uh, cost originally uh, for construction um, $36 million back in 1974. That equates to $187 million today. That's not bad. That's a, actually a pretty good return. Yeah. It was, it was one of the biggest arenas in the NBA when it opened. Um, had over 20,000 seats. But the only problem with with it, as far as being a, an arena, was there was only one concourse for both levels. So the upper level and the lower level of the arena both emptied into the same concourse, which got pretty congested pretty quickly. It wasn't that large. And then the traffic problem. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> they tried to uh, alleviate that with a second entrance, but that just made another long line of traffic that you can never get out. Yeah. I mean, you're on a little state highway in this, in this town of probably at the time, less than 5,000 people. Um, and you know, there was an, ex- uh, an exchange right there from 271 to get to the Coliseum and leave the Coliseum. And you, you know, you'd, you'd exit and the policeman would direct traffic and wave you onto the, Whichever way you had to go, they had those big signs when you were leaving uh-huh. that said like 271 
71, 77, 303, whichever way you had to go. I liked having it in town. Yes. It was it was where we graduated from high school. It was our commencement theater. Yeah. Us and probably every class well, up until nineteen ninety four. Can you imagine graduating in an NBA arena? <laughs> well, we did. I yeah. could imagine it. Uh, speaking of that, Larry Bird said that it was his favorite place to play, and it was the site of his very last game in the NBA. My dad used to um, go down there if they got really big snowstorms. Um, they would he would go down and help plow the parking lot. <laughs> Because he just put a huge blade on the John Deere tractor and would just push the snow like nobody's business. There's so many concerts and things that took place there. I I named some of them. You've got Stevie Wonder. You've got John Denver. Elvis Presley Uh played there before he died. The Wings, Jefferson Starship, Springsteen, Rod Stewart, The Kinks, Hart. Rush, Foreigner. I mean, we could probably everybody who was active between 1974 and 1994 played there at least once. So who do you have any favorite events? You have like a top five list of concerts or events that you saw at the Coliseum. Sure. Sure. I do. Do you? Yeah. You want to do a a countdown? Do you want to start with your... Sure. What's your, what's your number five? Well, um, I was a big boxing fan. And okay. And in uh, 1975, <laughs> I went to go see... Were you at the, Yeah. Were you at the, <laughs> I went to go see Muhammad Ali versus Chuck Wepner. Front row seat. That was the inspiration for Rocky. Wow. Yeah. That fight, you're right. That fight at the Richfield Coliseum was the inspiration for the movie Rocky. And you were there. I was there. I was cheering him on. I was a big Muhammad Ali fan. (laughs) Beat his butt. Now you were what? Two or three? I was uh, almost three. I was 28 months, I think. I couldn't get tickets for for all three of us in the house. So my mom and dad left me alone with uh, our beagle. (laughs) She took good care of me. He's <laughs> a good dog. Well, actually, so my brother was he my born? My brother went to my grandma's house, but, but they trusted me to stay home alone. <laughs> yeah, he was born already. Here's some knives. Keep yourself occupied. No, actually, in truth, my I, I went to a lot of concerts growing up. That's why I have such a bad hearing now. What? Hmm. <laughs> I see your lips moving, but anyway. I would say that the fifth best event that I saw there was a 1988 concert with Aerosmith. That was their permanent vacation tour. That's number five. That's number five for me. Yep. Wow. I went there with my brother, some other guy, can't remember who. And Dave Solomon. Oh, you know who it was? I think it was Dave Barta. Oh, okay. I think it was My Dave. brother-in-law. Yeah, your brother-in-law. <laughs> Some other guy. Some other guy. 
nuts. It might have been. I can see the at a concert. Yes. And I remember that Dave Solomon and I were, were it was a fantastic concert. The opening act stunk, uh, but the the concert was was great. This here was a band that would was big in the seventies and kind of fell into the eighties, and this was their huge comeback. And uh, they were clean and sober, and they were just kicking butt. It was an amazing show, but. And we had great seats. They were on the side. If you're looking at the stage, it would be the left stage left, maybe 15 rows back. And right in front of Dave Solomon and I were two really pretty girls. <laughs> and and what did Dave Solomon do? Well, we were both trying to get their attention. <laughs> and I don't think we were successful, but it was a really great show. <laughs> well, my fifth best event, and this isn't going to be a concert, um, would be the the Cleveland Force indoor soccer team, and just going to going to their games. They were one of the original MISL teams, and they were very good. They had you know remember all those soccer players like Kai Hoskavy, yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> that's a name I haven't heard. In, in, in 40 years. <laughs> and, uh, well, there has to, has to be other names that pop into your head. Come on, Matt. Name some of those those players. Uh, let's see. Besides the, Kai there was... Uh, uh, Ernie James. Vic Iacovoni. <laughs> uh, there was... Uh, Mel Schnellman. Yeah, I remember Mel. And he was the goal. Uh, Car Fartlick. It's in Berg. Well, besides the force, you know, there were other there were other teams that played there. So so we mentioned the Cavs, but you you had like the Cleveland Force. You had the Cleveland Crunch, which was another uh indoor soccer league team. Uh, you had the Lumberjacks, which were a minor league hockey team. And you had an NHL team. Only, only what, only what? How many seasons were they there, Matt? It's at the, the Cleveland Barons. Bear. Okay. Yeah. It says, th- uh, it says two seasons. They were in Cleveland. I'm guessing they weren't well supported. California. Oh, who did they become? <laughs> the Kings? The seals, the Cleveland or the California seals, and I, I don't remember how how it all went down, but they they be oh wait no they came from California became the the Barons, and then they merged with the Minnesota North Stars, is what happened. So we did have an NHL team here in Cleveland for a while. They also had a uh, listen to this, Matt. They had a tennis team that used to play at the Richfield Coliseum called the Cleveland Nets. Original. On world team tennis. But you know, going to the Force games, the Lumberjacks games, that was a lot of fun, and it was pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your number four? Uh, my number four would be 
not to be narcissist, uh, a narcissist, but the 1990 graduation of uh, River <laughs> High School. <laughs> I didn't even have that on my list. Which, oh. which was preceded by uh, a Kiss concert that I went to with, again, <laughs> Dave Sullivan, <laughs> Dave Kucharski, and some other guy. I can't remember okay. who. It might have been Dave Barton also. I don't know. But um, that was at the very end of our, our high school. It was like one a few days before graduation. And it was just this, the four of us out doing that. And we were like free and on our own. And Kiss was, eh, they were all right. Uh, but it was the sense of freedom that came with it and the impending graduation. I, I, I take that back. They weren't all right. It was a great show. But it, yeah, that was right right before we graduated. It was the this sense of freedom that it was so close that you could taste it, that you were about to grasp it. You know, we were all right on the precipice of leaving childhood into adulthood. And, and I think we were done with school too. It, you know, it was that week right before. I think so. Where you didn't really have to go to class because you were done with exams and you're a senior. Yeah. So you can pretty much do whatever you want. <laughs> I saw you uh, lighting up cigarettes in the in the boys' room. That's right. Doing whatever Which you want. Which is no longer there. There's no there evidence. The, 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 that's right. <laughs> they tore down the high school just the uh, past few months. We should get just to... last week they tore down the last little remnants. We should get to that later in the podcast. That is, that's a huge development. Right. Right. Um, Breaking news. Right. Uh, but the, the thing that went along with that was I, I ran track in high school. And that earlier that day, there was this big track meet that um, all of Summit County was running in. And uh-huh. I showed up <laughs> to the school expecting there to be a bus that was going to take us to this track meet. And this would have been my very last race. And there was no bus. Because I, I, I swore that the coach said the, the buses will leave at a certain time, be there. And, but there was, uh-huh. so uh, there was no bus, so I just said, well, forget it. You know, that stinks, but I'm not going to run my last track. <laughs> well, and you were fast in high school. Well, what happened was everybody was driving there. I didn't know that this was happening. But it, there were so many s- situations in my life where everybody knew what was going on except me. <laughs> And I've just sort of carried that through. What was that event? You were the Suburban League champion? The 400 meter. Wow. And while, while that was great for me, it doesn't really compare to your wife, Scott. Your, your wife, Rachel, have you met her? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was an, an absolute phenom. She ran, uh, one, the 300 hurdles and was part of these relay teams that went all the way to state. So, yeah, yeah, sure, I was a high school hero, but your wife, she was the real deal. She still has her name on the wall, even though they tore the wall down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she still has a school record for the 300 hurdles. And uh, her and those three other girls still have the school record for the relay. That's amazing. You believe that? that it's been amazing. 30 years. I, so they had they had an amazing bunch that went through there. Gosh, it's funny because uh, you know Tracy Kirkland was on that relay team, 
and she was two years behind us or one year? I can't remember. She was one year. One year behind us. Okay. She, she was a 400 meter specialist also. Wow. But she was just great so, at everything. Guess what, Matt? What? She, it, she is living here in the district uh, and her daughter, Charlotte, is an amazing runner as well because she is on the cross country team with Nolan and both uh, Charlotte and Nolan are usually the top runners on the team uh, wow. this year in eighth grade. So it's, it's funny because Charlotte is a bit of a, I think she's, she's funny. She was watching a boys meet. We're, we're down in Barberton racing and, uh, this, you know, you, you, the girls stand there and cheer, go, 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 you know, and it's towards the end of the meet. And, you know, the slower kids are starting to come in and, you know, you're still, you're still going, come on. Yeah. Great job. Blah, blah, blah. Charlotte's standing there and there's this kid coming in. He's not running all that hard. And she starts yelling, he's right on you. <laughs> and he doesn't pick up the pace at all. But there was really nobody behind him. She was just trying to get him to run faster, and he didn't run any faster. And she just looked disgusted with him and turned and walked away. (laughs) I think because she didn't fool him. So, anyway, we digress. Right. So, So what what was your number four? My number four was uh, the Monster Trucks. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We're going to turn the Richfield Coliseum into a giant mud pit. My dad would take us to those uh, monster truck shows and the tractor poles. And you would just... (laughs) We used to sit like maybe a third of the way up and you would just get mud flying all over you. (laughs) Mud would just go flying through the air. Into the seats. I remember one time, though, we sat, like, in the front row, and they had, they had like, the plexiglass up that they used for the hockey. Back also. to the plexiglass. Yep. And we were safe from the mud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like at SeaWorld, where they had that whole section uh, when when you're near Shamu's tank that said, you're, you're going to get moist, you're going to get soaked, you're going to get drenched. And you're going to get eaten. Can you believe there was a Sea World in Northeast Ohio? That boggles my mind. I think that's the same sort of planning to put the Coliseum in the middle of a farm field. Hey, let's go see the killer whale. What are you talking about? It's just a half hour away in Aurora. <laughs> and then we can do some shopping. I mean, if that Sea World was still there today, I could go there at lunchtime. Because it would be it would be ten minutes drive from my office. What is there right now? Is is Geauga Lake still there? It's an abandoned Geauga Lake. Oh, with some remnants of you know little buildings. They pretty much tore down all the coasters, and then there's the lake, and then there's the Sea World portion behind it. Um, actually, I think a lot of that Sea World was turned into Wild Water Kingdom, and they had like water slides and stuff like that. But... And they left the animals there. So you, <laughs> you had to avoid them. They just put them in the lake. <laughs> ah, who cares if this is a freshwater lake? Shamu will be fine. Just throw him some fish. 
Yeah, SeaWorld in Northeast Ohio. So number three, Matt. Number three. Well, this is kind of a tough one, but I would say it was back to Kiss again. Yes. But I was a huge Kiss fan. But they came back in 1990. Uh, wait, no, that can't be right. I have to adjust my. I just, the timing doesn't work out. Scratch that. It's not Kiss. All right. It's uh, we're on number three. Yeah, number three. All right. It's going to be uh, in excess. Oh, that's that would have been a great show to see. Well, you saw it. I saw it. Not only did I see, I slept out for tickets the night before because I was dating a girl at the time who was a huge in excess fan. So I stayed up all night <laughs> because I think I, I'm trying to remember the de details. She wanted to go to the show, but she couldn't go if it was just the two of us. So it had to be a whole bunch of her friends. So okay. I stayed up all night. I said, I got this covered. <laughs> I, I'll take care of it. I stayed up all night and I bought eight tickets. <laughs> Now, if I just would have bought two tickets for us, we would have been front and center. But to get eight tickets all together, we were like, I don't know, back in the 15th row or whatever. Is this the one in 1988? No, it would be 91. Okay. It would be 91. So you were out of high school. Yes. Was this girl still in high school? I don't know. Why did, why did you – why couldn't she go by – with you by herself. I don't remember. Well, she must, have still she, been in, she must have still been in high school. She might have been a year behind us. Yeah. Because that was, was the right after we graduated. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, and I, I was uh, living at home still. So, I had nothing better to do, so I'll sleep out for tickets. A year, it wasn't even a year after we graduated. So, But that, you know, I they, they were a pop band. I liked them, uh, you know, but... Um, that was uh, a, a concert, or what was special about that was in sleeping out for the tickets, um, I, I had at the time a giant uh, white Buick estate wagon, a 1979 Buick station wagon that was so big that it had two zip codes. And I remember uh, it was freezing cold because they were selling tickets like in January. And uh -huh. absolutely freezing. So they, wh whoever was running the show, put these uh, uh, bar burn barrels out, and and we had these barrels that were burning, and we would warm ourselves up. All these people standing in line to buy tickets, and um, I we would take turns because you know just to warm up to go back to our vehicles. And I remember being in the back of uh, my station wagon. Again, without any sleep, looking back over and hallucinating people dancing around the burn barrel. And uh, I thought, uh-oh, what was that? Something just fell. Uh-oh. I don't know. Hopefully it was nothing breakable. That was my son. Oh. My, my, <laughs> he fell? I don't or know what he, he just did. He's, he's 14 years old and bumping into everything. <laughs> but yeah, that's my number three. That was your that number kind of three. Reminds me, it, it kind of reminds me of a story real quick, Matt. All right. Not to get off topic, but waiting in line for tickets 
which you don't really have to do anymore. But there was this girl I liked uh, a few years later. It was the late 90s, and I was working at Medic Drug in Strongsville, and there was this girl who I liked, and she really wanted to go see Britney Spears. <laughs> but she had to work when tickets went on sale. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go. So I went over to the uh, Kaufman's or May Company. I think it was Kaufman's at the time. And I went up to the Ticketmaster and waited in line for Britney Spears tickets. She's like, get two tickets. I'm like, all right. I'm like, ooh, 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 we're going to go see Britney Spears. <laughs> she took her mom. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? I waited in line for these tickets. I obviously like you somewhat. I, I wasn't I wasn't very forward. <laughs> well, get this. This girl that I liked, that I bought these tickets for, that I stayed up out in the freezing cold for and bought tickets for her and her five stupid friends, she didn't even sit next to me at the concert. <laughs> she put people between you. She did. <laughs> I remember looking over and smiling and waving, and she gave me the thumbs up. I thought, great. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry for you too, Scott. Uh, all right. You got so, so my number three, Matt, was the uh, uh, Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Oh, good choice. <laughs> when when you still used to be able to go to the circus, but Matt, did you ever go to? Um, they would come come through every year, so this wasn't like a one time event. So we, I probably went to I don't know half a dozen circuses at least and uh they would take the train into peninsula all the elephants would be loaded on the train and they would walk up 303 to the coliseum because they were usually there for like a week always a good memory going to the circus they turn off those lights in, inside the arena and everybody would have all the tchotchkes that they'd sell like those glow sticks and, you know, everybody would be waving their things in the air and the uh, ringmaster would be down there with a lion and a tiger and a guy with his head stuck in the tiger's mouth and, <laughs> and there's trapeze artists flying through the air and spotlights just zooming everywhere. It was amazing as a kid. I remember we, we went to at least two circuses that I recall, but... Um, to your point earlier about them uh, unloading the uh, elephants and all the animals and walking them right up 303, we have some of the earliest pictures of us as kids uh, on, a, on a day they did that. And, and we're all, I was about three, and so my brother was about five, and then we had the neighbor kids, uh, the talents and the papers there. And so, uh -huh. th so they're, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years old. And you see all these animals in the cages and the elephants walking by. And, you know, at least looking at me, there's me in my puffy out jacket just looking miserable in the rain next to giant elephants and tigers. But <laughs> what do you expect? I was three. Right. Right. All right. So uh, what are we on now? Number two. Number two. Number two uh, for me was Guns and Roses. Okay. I went to the show twice. Uh, it, it was the 
use your illusion tour. And again, I slept out for tickets. <laughs> and Good thing you lived so close. I did. So it was helpful. And um, I took the same girl because we were dating for a while. So I guess the NXS tickets worked out. So I bought, the, I so. I bought a whole bunch of tickets. Um, and I was going to scalp them. But I didn't know how to scalp anything. But one of my neighbors scalped tickets. And so he turned me on to this guy who would buy the tickets from me. So I, I had... Let's see what was the max you could buy. I think it was four and four, or eight and eight, and all. This was all basically all the money that I I had because I, you know, it was when minimum wage was three dollars and thirty cents. Right. <clears throat> so I spent all my money on these tickets, and they were twenty two fifty a ticket. And I thought, okay, I'm going to sell them to this guy for like forty bucks each, and I'm going to make out great, and I'm going to be able to take my girl to this show. <laughs> The guy bought them for me for $25 each. So I made $2.50 per ticket. I, hey, I, I would have made more mopping the floors at McDonald's <laughs> per hour. <laughs> Again, I hallucinated in standing in line overnight waiting for these tickets. But that show was outstanding. That's when this band was the most dangerous band in the world. And you never knew if there was going to be, you know, a a knife fight, uh, a cannon going off, or a, a, a revolution taking place. <laughs> and it was and it was just an outstanding show. And again, I got to, imp I got to impress my girl because we had pretty good seats too. And I, I sold them all off, uh, those, those extra tickets, so I had enough to buy uh, a T-shirt. <laughs> oh. The only problem was that the ones you sold off were the ones between you and your girlfriend. Yeah. So you had these strangers sitting between the two of you. It didn't <laughs> work out again. Give, give me the thumbs up, though. <laughs> really like that guy sitting next to her, though. Wow. And there was something else well, with that concert that was really special. What was it? Uh, what? What? Oh, it'll come to me. I can't remember. Well, if you remember, I'll, right back in. I'll chime in at a complete non sequitur. <laughs> My number two was uh, in 1989, the Club MTV tour came through town, and I got to see Millie Vanilli. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clay Pettigo, his dad had like a loge, uh, and his dad. Mr. Pettigo, Van Pettigo, one of our listeners, actually, uh, he he got tickets because he owned the Richfield Auto Parts store in town. Wow, that's the guy to know. That was the guy to know. No, Van Pettigo. See, it rhymes. <laughs> no. But that was a, a concert with uh, Paul Abdul, Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam, Millie Vanilli, and Tone Loke. Oh, well, Funky Cold Medina, Bust a Move. But I thought Millie Vanilli was great. Oh, and was not was, which I I don't know what they sang. Maybe do you know was not uh, was? Yeah, that they were some producers that released an album. Uh, their famous song was uh, "Do the Dinosaur on the Floor." Everyone walked the okay. dinosaur. Yeah, that one. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Well, they were there too. I think they were the. I think they were the main act. <laughs> 
But Millie Vanilli stole your heart. I couldn't tell they were lip syncing. Oh, I think that show probably everybody was lip syncing. That was just the era, you know. That might have been it. That might have been it. But when that news broke, your world shattered. <laughs> and it was just two German guys, or something. wasn't it like two German guys, right? Who weren't very good looking, or something? Or who were the actual singers? Right. Well, no, I think the two, the Millie and the Vanilli guy, were both German guys. Okay, they were the Germans. Yes. Was everybody German. <laughs> I think the actual singers were not German. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway, that was a good show. MTV uh, Club Tour. Who did you go to that show with? So it was at the Roche. I went with Clay Pettigo, and I'm sure I think Todd Bard and Marty Urtel. Because I think my number one, I went with them also. Uh, probably in the same seats. <laughs> we'll get to that here in a minute. So what's your what's your top okay, well, all-time show at the Coliseum? Before I do that, I have to do an honorable mention. Okay, We're in seventh grade, and there's this big contest for selling something. I, I don't remember what it is. And um, if you won the, you know, this contest, there were going to be tickets to the Coliseum to a loge that they would take you to. And I remember uh, there's all this build up to who was going to win the tickets and who was going to be in the show. Was it going to be? So th this is when we were in seventh grade, so it's like 1985. Uh, it's going to be Journey. Is it going to be Brian Adams? Is it going to be, well, I don't know, who's it going to be? Well, they announced who, that who was going to win the tickets, and I, I was one of the people that won the tickets. I remember, I remember, we were all in the cafeteria, and I stood up, like, oh, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't cough, but I stood up <laughs> and, and proclaimed my victory. And as it turned out, it was Kiss, <laughs> again. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was like Mary Lou Retton and the, like the U.S. gymnastics team. No, that see, and then that that might have been better, but at that point in time, I, I wasn't a real big Kiss fan. I was kind of disappointed, and but that day I hurt my neck in gym class, so I didn't go. <laughs> but what I should have done because I found out later that nobody else went who won the tickets. <laughs> So I should have let them go to a kiss concert. Yeah. Twelve years old. So what I realized I should have done later is taken my brother and uh, my neighbor Ed Papera, and we should have all just gone to the concert because we live so close. Or just have our parents drop us off. What are they going to say? No, you can't come in the loge. They had nobody taking these tickets. <laughs> so I look back and say I should have done that. That's so that's my honorable mention that never happened. That would have been a great show. But my number one of all time was my very first concert ever. It was 1984. Okay. We sat so high up in the very back row. We, I went with my brother and our neighbor, Tom Talent, because he had to be old enough to drive us. But we went to go see Iron Maiden on their Power Slave tour. This would be 84. 83? No, it would have been the, 85. 85. With fast wait, with twisted sister. Yes. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Is that right? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. January sixth, nineteen eighty five, with twisted sister, and it was the 
most amazing thing that I had seen in my young years. It was a, a crowd full of a bunch of metalheads. I thought I was going to get kidnapped and sold because I, I was pretty for a 13-year-old. <laughs> and I thought, you know, but it, what a way to go. I was going to be in the rock and roll lifestyle and, and uh, it, it was going to be great. And the show was absolutely amazing. And there was people lighting up marijuana everywhere. I thought, why are these people burning all this plastic? I didn't sort of smell like who let the skunk in here. I didn't know what was going on until, you know, later, but the show was transcendent. And, and even though we were so far away, you could barely see anybody on the stage. It, it completely moved me and made me think that that's what I need to do for a living. But since I didn't have any talent, I would sleep out for the tickets uh, so that I could sit a couple rows away from <laughs> for, from these people in real life, uh, but yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was so so uh, life changing for me. Now, what about you? What was your number one? Well, I, <laughs> the way you tell these stories is just incredible. By the way, I don't ha ever have any. I can barely remember anything except for <laughs> I remember stupid things. I, I don't know. I remember someone left a chicken head on the bus one day, and they thought it was me. Because <laughs> that Luther—he's a troublemaker. Who who else had access to chickens? I have no idea, but it wasn't me. I didn't bring the chicken head on the bus. Yeah, anyway, you guys have chicken heads just kind of lying around. Well, yeah. Oh well, I could see why you. Yeah, they're you know they just decompose and their heads are just laying there and um, we we had chicken heads laying around. Maybe someone just stopped by and grabbed one, but I did not bring that chicken head on the bus. Anyway, my number one concert. <laughs> I think John probably threw it the window. <laughs> it could could have been my number one concert, senior year, nineteen ninety. Again, I think we got free tickets. From Mr. Pettigo, Billy Joel, Stormfront Tour. It was an amazing concert. I think they, I think if I'm not mistaken, because I was talking to Rachel about this, I think he came here twice that year on tour. So he was, he was here in like February or something. And then he was also um, back again later in the, let me see if I can find it here. But I remember everyone was talking about it at school the next day. And Billy Joel, you know, he had just gotten uh, the, we hadn't, we didn't start the fire and all that stuff. So, yeah, he was there February 26th and July 17th in 1990. So it wasn't like a back-to-back -back thing. Uh -huh. And Rachel says she went to both of them. So good for her. Wow. She must have been a bigger fan than I was. So you guys were sharing the experience. So, uh, what was going? What was it like being in the loges? Um, it was fine. The, I'm, I'm thinking that these were they were not the best seats, and that was part of the downfall of the Coliseum, like the suites. And I don't know if the loges and the suites were the same thing. I'm trying to remember, but part of the downfall of the Coliseum, besides that small concourse was that the loges and the um, suites were so high up, they were nosebleeds. I think the suites were high up and the loges were kind of like, they're more like 
maybe Mr. Pettigrew didn't have loges. They, they're called club seats, I think. Okay. Because they were down a little lower, but they, you know, they put a little wall around it. So it looked like you were important or something. <laughs> the VIP section. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, those were, those were, those were good seats. I think the, the suites were the bad seats. Uh-huh. And, you know, when they moved downtown to Gundarina, now the queue, they put the loges where they are now, right right in the middle. So you have, like, the best seat in the house. Right. Because if you're trying to get corporate sponsorship for something like that, someone's going to say, why am I going to spend a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> to sit back here with the riffraff, this kid with the chicken head? <laughs> yeah, who got him for free. Right. <laughs> Thinks he belongs in the club seats. Get to know Van Pettigrew. <laughs> I know that. Uh, I remember, like senior year, there were lots of good shows going through there. Though I remember Richard Marks was there. Richard Marks was huge our senior year. I remember the girls all talking about the Richard Marks concert. New Kids on the Block was our senior year with Tiffany. Ooh. I like Tiffany, <laughs> as my wife can attest. Well, uh, we talked about this last time. What's what's wrong with liking bubblegum pop? Right. And she was with New Kids on the Block as the opening act. I think she was dating Donnie. Or was it Danny? Or was it Jimmy? One of those. Donnie. 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 Probably. The bad boy. No. R.E.M. Oh, I would have liked to see him that show. R.E.M. was there. I know my brother went to R.E.M. Because I think he got in trouble afterwards. I could be wrong. <laughs> Barry Manilow was senior year. Janet Jackson. Cher. The Grateful Dead were that was there um, like five times after we graduated from high school. Never before. Mm-hmm. And I worked at Medic Drug in Brexville. And when the Deadheads came through town... <laughs> <laughs> They posted somebody at the door to make sure nothing was stolen <laughs> from the drugstore. Not that kind of drugstore. Right. I do remember uh, filling a prescription for a rock star uh, when they came through town at one point. Uh, and, and the roadie came down and picked up the prescription from, from us because we were... Pretty much the closest pharmacy to the Coliseum at that point. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, bat phone. <laughs> Who could that be? It's Commissioner Gordon. It's probably just making sure I don't uh, reveal any PHI. I will not say the performer's name. Okay. Can you say what the prescription was? It was for a painkiller. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. I know who it is now. Uh-huh. <laughs> It was, it was Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Just kidding, Sammy. But yeah, it was, you know, it closed in 94. Richard, Richard, Roger Daltrey was the last act. Many acts in between. Kenny Rogers, Sticks, Hank Williams Jr., Alabama. Willie Nelson. Olivia Newton John. Cool in the gang. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh my god. The list goes on and on. Everybody Bob who was anybody came through. Right, the Beach Boys. I remember seeing the Beach Boys at Cleveland Stadium 
after an Indians game, they performed. That was something else. I was with Kathy Miller and Dean, Dean Ewer. <laughs> and I think Todd was there too. That's what, That was senior year. We just drive down and uh, go. You were finally old enough to go places. You know? That would be the municipal stadium back then. Yes. Yep. I also saw I also saw the Beach Boys at um, AT and T Park in San Francisco at a trade show for, for work. I saw them at a fundraiser in Toledo, and it was like a, a trade, and no one was dancing. And I was going, oh "My God, it's the Beach Boys!" It's and no one Boys. is dancing. And then, what the hell are they doing at this fundraiser? The only problem was when when they performed for us at this trade show, the only Beach Boy that was there was Mike Love. Oh. Everybody. <laughs> it was all, uh, you know, the fill-in people afterwards. So, anyway. So, Matt, that was a look back at our top five events at the Ritual Conference. I think we should post that on Facebook and allow our listeners to perhaps chime in. Tell us what your favorite Five, yeah, what were your top five listeners? So let us know. I'm sure we'll hear this resonates with a lot of our listeners because they they grew up like you and I. Well, more like you because obviously I didn't go to that many concerts if I could only name two, and I had to put Monster Trucks, the Circus, and the Cleveland Force. Well, uh, well <laughs> no, I, I look back and I, and I wonder why didn't I get a job there? That would have been a great place to work. Being an usher or something. Yeah, all those concerts going for free. And You're I. Lot guy. That too. Yeah. yeah. I think I only went to one Cavs game in all my time. And I, th- and I look back and go, why? They were great back then. Well, in the late 80s, why, or early 90s. Why didn't I go? Um, you know, there, there was. A, it hosted a whole lot of stuff, but I think that would have been a great place to work. And, and didn't. Wasn't there a tavern of Richfield up there? Or something like that. There was a restaurant in there. It wasn't called the Tavern of Richfield. It was called Melrose. Well, Melrose owned the Tavern okay. of Richfield at that point. And people would go to, to the Tavern after the game. They'd also go to Whitey's. So I'm sure your brother has some stories mm-hmm. about uh, people coming in after the concerts and going to Whitey's. But didn't they have a Tavern of Richfield at uh, Gund Arena after they built it. I don't know if they had one in the Coliseum, but oh. I know they, they had one, I thought, downtown at the new arena, kind of as a homage. Ah, I think you might be all right. I, I Maybe there was something at the Coliseum. People had to eat. Yeah. There was nothing for miles around. <laughs> How about some of our listeners maybe write in and, and correct us on all this? Right, right. I'll make a note. There I go. I put a, I just put a star next to everything, but <laughs> Matt, the, uh, the Coliseum's gone, and also Revere High School. Yeah, like Richfield Elementary, completely leveled and gone, as if it was never even there. <clears throat> all those years of history, all those experiences and formative events that created you and shaped you and and your psyche and personality into who you are today, which for some reason still have power over you that you can't get rid of no matter how hard you try and how many therapy sessions you go to. 
<laughs> or you can just or let it go. Spider thing in the middle of the playground. Yeah. That dome. Right. That was pretty awesome. Do they have those anymore at playgrounds? I don't know. I I don't really hang out at party playgrounds too much anymore. <laughs> they don't have those tall slides. No. With no. Uh, with n- yeah. Nothing keeping you in. No. And, and, and they don't have the tunnel of love. Yeah, which was just a big sewer pipe. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, <laughs> behind Richfield Elementary School on the playground, really maybe on the periphery of the playground, was a sewer pipe <laughs> that you could fit a, at least a half a dozen kids into. It was pretty big, but you could you'd often catch a uh, couple sixth grader boy and girl back there. And Miss, Mrs. English and Mrs. Bush would be yelling at them to get out of the <laughs> sewer pipe. <laughs> it wasn't attached to a sewer. It was just sitting there in the middle of the playground. But you could go back there and smooch. I never, if you had balls. I, I never had the girl <laughs> to go back there and smooch. <clears throat> Not for lack of trying. I, I, I was... Uh, in love with girls from kindergarten on. Right. But in high, the high school, gone completely now, is what you're telling me. It's gone completely. The new high school opened up the day after Labor Day. Open for business. Kids are going. I hear it's beautiful. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. Do they really, ha- the only places left are, are Eastview, which isn't even Eastview anymore. Called uh, so the middle school, right? And it's much bigger than when we went. Hmm. You know, there's an auxiliary gym, even. So, did they? Uh, did much like uh, Gundarina uh, had an homage to uh, the Coliseum? Is there any remnant from the original uh, Revere High School that, or architectural features that they brought over to the new? So they did. Um, so there was a section of the high school that was built in 1995. So not long after we graduated, they made a uh, they extended that wing on the north side, and they put like the library there, and they turned the old library into a gym. So there were two gyms in the in the high school. Uh, so since that was the newest section, they connected the new high school to that part to save some money. So that little section of the old high school is still standing connected to the brand new Spankin high school. And what they've done, Matt is the bricks don't match exactly right. So they've been hand painting the bricks to match the new brickwork. It's tough to make bricks bricks match. Right, but that takes a lot of effort. I wonder. Yeah, that's a lot of <laughs> a lot of effort. The amount of man hours to paint those bricks, <laughs> or do they let the kids do it? I don't know. I think it's grown ups. Let the kids paint a mural. Yeah, <clears throat> that is a lot. So, is Hillcrest, Hillcrest is still in place? Right, but now it's called Richfield Elementary. Now that's Richfield Elementary. Okay. Right, and there's no Richfield. On it. So if you're if you're come if you're a kindergartner in Richfield, you're going to for the former Hillcrest, now Richfield Elementary, on right. Everett Road. 
if you're any kindergartner in Revere, you're going to the Hillcrest. You're going to go. Elementary. You're going to go there from K through K to two. two. Then you're going to go to Bath Elementary, and then you're going to go three to five. Th three to five, then six to nine, six to eight. Six to eight. You're going to go to the middle school and then to the new high school. Got All it right. figured out. And Bath is a beautiful building. The new, the new elementary school is great as well. So Wade was there last year in fifth grade uh, until, you know, until they shut down everything in March. So it's a nice building. But again, you can't see anything from the old Bath Elementary that was torn down. Oh. There's pictures. And memories. <laughs> and memories. And, oh, you can get a brick from the, the high school. They, were, they, had, they, they had a bunch of bricks sitting out uh, by the fence if you wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, my sister picked up some and she said she was going to give me one but I haven't seen it yet I do have bricks from Richfield Elementary on 303 though alright if you need a brick from Richfield I, I've got one for you are you telling me that or our listeners that yes okay no you okay if you want one as a listener I have an in stop by the Richfield Historical Society and you can get a brick from Richfield Elementary on 303 across from the church. Uh, Not Richfield Elementary, Bat Hillcrest. Uh -huh. So, but we still, we still have lots of, we still have lots wait, of wait, bricks. Wait, wait. No, 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 don't say that. Uh, these bricks are going fast and they don't know how long supplies will last, but maybe for a donation to the Richfield Historical Society, they might be able to find some for you. It, it does cost some sort of donation or something, I think. Get your get out your wallets, people. Yeah. The Richfield Historical Society's actually we've been shuttered uh, since the pandemic started. No events are taking place. I know, Matt. You and I were supposed to go there and speak next month. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I canceled. By the way, I, I'm letting you know this now. Oh, thank you. And because the uh, audience thanks you. People I understand. I, uh, so I've been sh shedding all this weight for nothing while well, my health. You know, I drove by that uh, Alger, Michigan again when we went up to uh, uh, like Lake Charlevoix uh -huh. uh, over the summer. So I thought about stopping in Alger, Michigan and seeing the, the town which uh, Governor Alger had named after him and this road that I live on. Alger Road, uh, but I did not stop because we were in a hurry to get home, <laughs> and it was the middle of the pandemic still. So I don't know if the people, good people of Alger, would want some yahoos from Richfield stopping by. Yeah, well, my my son and I are going to be heading up that away, kind of. Um, we're going to be heading up to Glen Arbor, Michigan, which is ah. uh, outside of uh, Traverse City maybe about 45 minutes an hour to the west sleepy bear dunes area for a salmon fishing trip. Nice. We were supposed to do it the first weekend of September, but he's got all these cross country meets. So that got canceled. So we had to push it to the first weekend of October and now it's going to be 32 degrees while we're up there. <laughs> You've got your waders, right? Oh, uh, stand in the middle or is this off the shore? It's, it's both, but uh, okay. you do more, in, in the river. 
we have a secret spot that we go to that I can't let our listeners know about, but it's, we have a secret spot where we can fish from the shore and uh, just relax in the sun. Good. Is your nephew going also? Yeah. He'll, he'll meet us up there. He goes to college at Ferris state, which is in, uh, uh, I think it's called big rapids, not grand rapids, but big rapids. (laughs) So they're they're like, okay, rapids. Well, I think Big Rapids was probably there first, and then this Grand Rapids said, we need to one-up them. Yeah. Look at those. And then there's, like, Totally Awesome Rapids, which is downstream even further. <laughs> now, your your nephew, should we give a shout-out for his YouTube channel? Oh, yeah, if you want to check it out. Fish Frey, F-R-A-Y. Um, that's his handle on YouTube. He's got his uh, – he's been putting up movies – or videos, or whatever the kids call them, uh, for years now. So, right. yeah, check them out. I watched them. Pretty interesting stuff. Because I honestly know nothing about fishing. Um, we tried to go when we were up there. <laughs> and it was a disaster, Matt. It's worth paying but, a guide to take you. Well, we just went in these little ponds. Oh. And it was... Poor Dave... Dave knows a little bit about fishing, but uh, we couldn't even get the line to cast hardly on oh. these rods I brought. Uh. The, reels were, the reels were all tangled up inside, I think. <clears throat> and then I bought a, a fly reel. I went into town and bought a fly reel, and uh, that was a little better, but it's, we still didn't catch anything. Uh. Fly fishing is, is a ton of fun, and I... It, wherever you get an opportunity to do that, that that's you can just carry that in the back of your car. So the following weekend, no, two weekends after we do our trip salmon fishing, I think we're going to go out to Conneaut Lake out east, not Conneaut, like Conneaut River, and try uh-huh. fishing for steelhead out there. And you went there last year, right? Right. 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 Where your dad used to go. Yeah. I remember this story. Right. <laughs> it's good. Well, Matt, we've been we've been talking for a while. I think we did you realize that? No, how it's long? It's been over an hour. Well, I think it's about time we say say goodbye and let these poor people go. <laughs> yeah, tell us your um, memories of the Coliseum. We want to hear from you on our Facebook page or send us an email. Uh, with any show suggestions to southrichfield at gmail.com. Check out our website, southrichfield.com, or catch our Twitter feed, at southrichfield. And don't forget to go to, was it iTunes? You can go to Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts or Podbean, and write a review a uh, five-star review, hopefully, of uh, the South Richfield podcast and how much you love it. And that helps us get the South Richfield message out there to everybody. Spread around the pain. And we have no mail. <laughs> <laughs> no mail. Well, no. the U.S. Postal Service is closed, so. I did read a story, Matt, about a woman uh, who received a postcard from 1920 just last week. So I don't know uh, what's going on with the mail service. 
100 years late. I think tune into our next episode. We'll, we'll have more on that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, no emails from our listeners, which I'm a little disappointed. We used to get them all the time. But I think Andrew must be busy. <laughs> Since he was the only one who would email us. Oh, well. I'll let him off the hook. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode. Again, uh, hope that you're doing well during the pandemic. I, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully it's not a train coming our way. <laughs> all right. Good night, Matt. We'll talk to you later. Good night, Scott. Good night, everybody. <laughs>